listening to the TCM Podcast. Hey there, I'm Scott McGee, host of the TCM Podcast. It's my pleasure to introduce my guest this month. Her name is Tiffany Vasquez, and Tiffany is joining me in person, which is a big difference from our previous podcast uh, enterprises, where I usually am joined by somebody from uh, via Skype. But Tiffany is in town. She's here at TCM to uh, uh, shoot some hosted intros. Tiffany is uh, no stranger to TCM. She was the uh, grand prize winner of the TCM Fan Programming Programmer Contest, which was in, I believe, April of 2014. That's right. That's when it aired. Yeah, it was for our uh, 20th anniversary. Mm -hmm. And Tiffany not only uh, was on the channel to host The Naked City, but she also hosted the same film at the TCM Classic Film Festival. Mm -hmm. And since we were also taken with Tiffany, she was asked to serve as the host of the TCM Spotlight on Girlfriends this December 2015. Mm -hmm. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is a dream. (laughs) So how, how, what, I mean, what went through your mind when, uh, when you were asked to, to be the, the host of the spotlight series? Uh, I was, well, I was shaking and, um, I was pretty emotional for someone like me. I just, I just watch TCM all the time. So it's, and with most TCM fans, I think if you're a fan of TCM, you have just this incredible personal connection to it, an emotional connection to it. So I'm no different. And to tell me that, it's, I mean, it's, it was pretty, pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you were asked by Sean Cameron. That's right. Uh, Sean's the vice president of studio production here at TCM. So how, when were you asked? How long did you have to prepare for this? I was asked, I think, in about April or May. I think it was about a month after the film festival. Mm -hmm. And I had a few months to... I had never read off a teleprompter before. Mm -hmm. I had a few months to try taking a teleprompter class and to practice on my own. And then when I thought I had an extra month of practice, they said, hey... Want a screen test in three days? <laughs> I was like, um, I guess. <laughs> Do I want to? I don't know. But yeah, I'm gonna. Wow. So I did it. And so you were asked to do this uh, spotlight on girlfriends in the movies. Mm-hmm. And you. And we should say that you actually shot these pieces yesterday. That's right. So how did it go? I think it went really well. I was very nervous that I would lose my voice. That's something that tends to happen, especially when I do public speaking. I, In fact, it happened to me last week. I was speaking at a summit, and halfway through, I sounded like Don Corleone. So that was my biggest fear for the day. And I ended up looking like Marco Rubio sipping water every minute because I was just so afraid that that would happen. Other than that, it, it has been amazing. There is really no other situation I'd want to be televised talking other than for TCM there's really nothing else that it would that I would want to jump at that chance you know it's not really it's natural for me to want to be with lights on me cameras in front of me people watching me that's not something ideal for me but if it's TCM and I'm talking about stage door or something like that I, I absolutely love it 
So Girlfriends in Film, mm-hmm. this is the spotlight for December of 2015, and it airs every Monday night. That's right. So what were some of the films that you uh, that you introduced? Girlfriends, mm-hmm. since uh, we're talking about Girlfriends. Right. We should talk about that. I love that movie. Uh, I'm introducing Stage Door, which I just mentioned. Other ones, Sheila Levine is Dead and Living in New York. That's an interesting one. The Women, which I think would probably be one of the first ones to come up in your mind when thinking about female friendships and, you know, lack thereof. (laughs) (laughs) And you did you watch all of these films to prepare? Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the spotlight series so great because it it really gives you the the viewer or fans such a, a wonderful immersive experience into these specific topics mm-hmm. and girlfriend girlfriends is such a wonderfully rich topic in and of itself i, I know that our uh, f- uh head programmer uh charlie tabish originally this this was actually supposed to be about friendship mm-hmm. the uh the spotlight and it sort of turned to uh to girlfriends and such a wonderful and three on the match i think is one of the films right um, another favorite of mine is what's the Jonathan Demi film that um, with Goldie Hawn? Swing Shift. Swing Shift. That's a good, that's a really wonderfully uh, underrated film, I think. Yeah, yeah, and, I think so too. And Heavenly Creatures is Heavenly one, Creatures, which I think is a TCM premiere for mm-hmm. us. I had actually never seen Heavenly Creatures. Oh, is that right? This, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you're a classic movie fan. Mm-hmm. And whenever I, I have somebody on the podcast, um, I'm always curious to know what their classic movie origin is. Mm-hmm. You know, when did you when did you discover uh, classic films, the, the kind of stuff that TCM shows every day and every night? Yeah, I didn't discover it until I was later in my teen years. I don't come from a family that really watches classic films. Uh, I come from a family that really just spent all their time working, trying to survive. Mm -hmm. And it was seen more of a luxury that was taking up time that I think was better spent either raising your family or working. So when I got to college, I remember seeing it happen one night and I was like, oh, you mean this is what I've been missing? Are you kidding me? So then I went home. Uh, I remember I I spent a lot of time at home. It was like a rough time in my life. So spending a lot of time at home and it was summer. And so TCM was doing Summer Under the Stars and it was Catherine Hepburn Day. And then that was really it. The first film I saw was Little Women. After that was Adam's Rib. And I was like, all right, we're three for three right now on classic films that I've seen <laughs> and, and like a lot. And after that, I think I watched TCM pretty much every day that summer. I, I didn't go out. My roommate was like, are you okay? Um, I don't understand why you haven't gone outside. <laughs> I was like, I, this is it. This is I love this so much. And I didn't know that being a film historian was a thing. When I would see Robert Osborne, I, I was just in love. I couldn't believe that someone could do that. And he's just, you know, this just walking wealth of knowledge and is amazing. So I, I wanted to see him just as much as I wanted to see the movies. So what what year was this? I mean, how, how old were you? Do you recall? It's probably about 18. 
So you, so you, so this this day in Summer Under the Stars, August of whatever whatever year it was, mm-hmm. you're watching these films for the first time, and yeah. they just they just hit you right. at, at just the right in the just the right spot. Yeah, when I was around that age, I was I was starting to feel very. I had a misconception about a lot of classic film, and I was starting to get more, I think, in my like feminist roots. And so then seeing Catherine Hepburn on TCM, that was like, that was it for me. She's so strong. She rules. She's the biggest badass. Mm-hmm. I just, I love her. Can I say that? Yeah. Okay. Of course you can. <laughs> you can say you love Catherine Hepburn all you want. <laughs> I know. I know. Of course, you're talking about saying the yeah. word badass. <laughs> <laughs> So what were what were some of the other misconceptions that you had about classic cinema? Timing, jokes not being relevant, totally not true. Performances being a little bit too exaggerated, which sometimes is the strength of classic film, I think. Um, just not being relevant to today, which is just not true because most of the films you're seeing today are bitten off of those films anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's that's not even applying. And when do you, so I take it you have a lot of peers, a lot of friends. Uh do, do you do you try to introduce them to some of these films? I do. Uh I remember a few weeks ago Gilda was playing on TCM. Great movie. And wow. yeah, and that's just one of those movies that if it's on I have to watch it. Mm-hmm. Like that's my moral obligation as a human being. I have to watch Gilda. <laughs> So it was on. uh, We were waiting for some friends to meet up, but I had one friend at my house with me. So I'm just like, okay, we're watching this. And my friend's watching, and she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This woman's stunning. I was like, girl, (laughs) you have no idea. (laughs) Rita Hayworth, (laughs) come on. So she's watching it, and she's like, whoa. I kind of like this. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait, watch this music number. This is legendary. This is, this is everything. This gown is directed by Jean, um, is designed by Jean-Louis and it's, you know, it's set the stage for, I was just geeking out and, and I was more excited because I saw that she was actually getting into it when I, I don't have that too much with, with my friends. They more tolerate me instead. Do they, so they have a, would you say they have a prejudice against some of these films? No, I really think it's more of a, if they have to choose between seeing a movie, I think they would just rather go to see a movie that's coming out. Mm -hmm. I just think that's it. Uh, I know that my cousin, I'll I'll often, I remember the other day I was telling him about The Night of the Hunter, and he was all for that. And and one day I played on TCM, and Mm -hmm. he was like, okay, I really like this movie. It's beautiful. I was like, yeah, you're right. It is beautiful. It's yeah. beautifully shot. Yeah, when I try to try to convince somebody or sell them on the idea of classic film, a, a large part of their uh, their prejudice, is the word I used earlier, mm-hmm. is black and white. Yeah, they just don't quite they just don't quite understand the power of what black and white cinematography can do. And and when you consider, you know, the the deep the uh, photography that you see in Night of the Hunter. Uh, Stanley Cortez, I think, was the DP. You see this, and it looks like a painting, and and you yeah. you really only need to show them something like Night of the Hunter to right. sort of break down those walls, right? And it also depends on who you're trying to sell it to. So my cousin, for instance, he likes a movie like Do the Right Thing. So if I show him the Night of the Hunter, Night of the Hunter, uh, and you see Robert Mitchum's tattoos, Love and Hate. Mm-hmm. 
And that's totally where uh, Radio Rahim's rings, love and hate, come mm-hmm. from and his whole monologue about it. To make that connection, I think, is the way to hook them in. And that's and that's why people such as yourself are so important, I think, to uh, to what TCM is trying to do every day is make those connections, yeah. uh, bring new viewers, old and young, mm-hmm. to the channel to say, hey, look, these films are relevant to you. They're, right. they're connected to not just newer films, but television shows, to other things in pop culture. They are, they're not relics of the past. Right. They're something that, you know, they're living, breathing things that they would enrich your life mm-hmm. if, you, if, you gave them, if you gave them a chance. Right. Totally agree. So you uh, went to school. You got a couple of degrees, right? Mm-hmm. A couple of master's degrees? Is that what? Yeah, I've got two. One is in communications from St. John's and, in Queens, and the other is at NYU Cinema Studies, which is, you know, a pretty popular degree to get if you're going to be in, in this realm. <laughs> yes, I'm especially, I mean, having a, a master's from NYU is pretty huge. So what what is what was the uh, experience like in with other students in at NYU? I mean, were they as appreciative of classic film? Oh yeah, when you get to academia, at that point, it's no longer this separation between classic film and contemporary. It's just good movies that you need to watch mm-hmm. because this is a this is what you're doing. So you need to watch the crowd as much as you need to watch, I don't know, something Paul Thomas Anderson is directing. Right. So it's it's totally on par with each other. And if anything, it's just more necessary, necessary because if you want to see where Tarantino's getting all of his influences, which then you'll have a lot of work ahead of you. <laughs> but <laughs> if you want to see that all, then you've got a lot of research to do and you're going back. So you you went to NYU. Are you from New York? Yeah. Born in the Bronx, raised in Queens, been living in the Bronx for like 10 years now. Wow. So, and you go, I take it you go to cinemas in, in New York? I do. What are some of your favorite spots? Uh, the Film Society of Lincoln Center. I interned there for like two years almost. And the Walter Reed Theater was recently named the best theater in New York. I definitely agree. It's There's not a bad seat in the house. And... The shushers are there for me, so I don't have to worry about that. Not that really anyone even talks there, but if it were to happen, I don't have to worry about it. (laughs) Someone else has got me covered, but not nearly as much as they do in Film Forum. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Film Forum's really got me covered. So I go there. Uh, I love Alamo Draft House. It's a little bit closer to me. Sometimes if I want to take a little more of a drive, I'll go to the Jacob Burns Film Center in Pleasantville. I love Nighthawk. Um, I I want to go to Zigfield more often than I do just for historical appreciation, Mm -hmm. but I I don't get to go there as much. But yeah, those are pretty much my my stomping grounds. The the thing about New York is there seems to be a series or a retrospective going on all the time. All the time. I mean, the last time I was in New York, uh, they had, MoMA had a retrospective on Ingrid Bergman. Love MoMA too. Forgot that one. Lincoln Center had something on Gloria Graham. That's right. Uh, Film Forum was showing Rafifi. Mm -hmm. I only had a couple of days in New York and I I could only squeeze in Macau Mm -hmm. with Gloria Graham at Lincoln Center and Rafifi at Film Forum. Right. And it just, there's just seems to be 
just an embarrassment of riches. I, I don't oh, know. Yeah. How, I, I honestly don't know how you live there and not just spend all of your time in those theaters. I'm just in, it is incredibly I'm incredibly spoiled because I can any day just be like, all right. And I forgot IFC mm-hmm. and Sunshine. I can just look at all of these theaters, Angelica, and and just see what's playing. And there's always something I want to see. And that's definitely something I appreciate. And also uh, Brooklyn Academy of Music. Bam. Yeah, BAM. BAM has good stuff going BAM on, too. too. So, so the, the you and I talked last night, and we were discussing your experiences as a fan programmer. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned that you were, were still very close with some of your fellow fan programmers That's from right. that month. Tell, tell me a little bit about that experience of connecting with people uh, it, with that shared experience, and not and not just being fan programmers, but the shared experience of having TCM in your life. Well, that's one of the amazing perks that have come from all of this. I didn't foresee that the people I'd meet would really be the best thing out of everything that I've gotten out of this. As soon as I met them when we shot our Ultimate Fan segment a year ago, year and change ago. Um, I finally met people who lived in New York and I could go to movies with. What? Not going to movies by myself? That's a thing. So uh, they're, they're, and they're amazing and they're incredibly talented in, in all of their respective fields. I know Craig Shaman is just like the president of the Jim Henson legacy or mm-hmm. and he just makes these Lego sets. He made a Lego set that was Robert Osborne's set with Robert Osborne and Sean Cameron in it. And that was really impressive. That's incredible. Yes. <laughs> and he and his wife host screenings at MOMI, at the Museum of the Moving Image in Astoria. And uh, they, they host all these Muppet-related screenings. And he's just a walking encyclopedia about a lot of things. I mean, especially anything Muppet-related, but really a lot of things. Then there's, of course, Peter Tulba, who works for Disney on the theatrical side. And he also knows so much about movies. The other day, we went and saw Deep Red mm-hmm. at Film Forum. Got to get in the Halloween spirit. <laughs> uh, oh, no, wait. We didn't see Deep Red. That was at MoMA. We saw Rocco and his brothers ah. to get in the three-hour spirit, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> that was good, too. Wow, and so you, so you spend a lot of time going to these films with your with your pals as much there? as possible. Surely not as as much as I'd like to. You know, we've all got lives too. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. We we try to meet up as much as we can. You know, Shane was a big fan favorite, and and Shane Fleming, mm-hmm. who's I think twelve now. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. And I ran into him at the New York Film Festival screening of Heaven Can Wait, and you know he's just awesome. I I can. I'm talking to him and I'm just like, we're, we're just geeking out like there's no age difference. I don't yeah. really think there is one, honestly. Yeah, when Shane was here for the fan programmer thing, he I had dinner with him and his parents. And mm-hmm. He spent most of the time trying to stump me with uh, <laughs> classic movie trivia. And he, he actually got me several times. Yeah. And I got him, to be uh-huh. fair. <laughs> yeah, he is something. And I, I, I saw that uh, your pal Hannah... Yes. Uh, didn't know that you were being the host for this uh, spotlight. Yeah, none of them did. But Hannah Jack, man, she's on it. So as soon as she got the now playing guide, 
and read it that I was doing it. She took a picture and we have a Facebook group. So she put that picture in the group and was like, what? <laughs> you didn't tell us? <laughs> I was like, oops, didn't kept, know I could. <laughs> kept a good secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the now playing guide outed me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, so my, my last question I, wa- I wanted to ask you is if you were ever to uh, be asked back to uh, – host another spotlight series what what would you want to what would you want to talk about uh, maybe a few things you know one part of me wants to do more of new york in film and and go more of the way of like aaron loves angela uh, it's like some 70s 80s really urban um kind of abandoned new york people of color in love. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a pretty cool story. That and I've seen it play on TCM before. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was amazing. I'd want to maybe go that route. I could also definitely, definitely go for Latinas on, in classic film. I, has has there ever been a Rita Moreno uh, star day the, or star of the month or anything? I know she's been uh, part of Summer Under the Stars, okay. and we've done yes, we've done plenty of Rita. I don't yeah. know if she's ever been Star of the Month though. Yeah, I'd I'd want to do that. Uh, maybe get some, you know, Rita Hayworth can even be in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Dolores Del Rio, you know, Lupe Velez, and get all of them. They're they're all so amazing, and and try to dispel this fiery exotic <laughs> thing that's been happening to us for so long. <laughs> Ideally, if I could get Gina Rodriguez, star yeah. of Jane the Virgin, as my a guest that would I mean I'd faint after but but it, <laughs> I'd I'd be awake for for as long as I needed to be because then that's it I mean I'm good after that I don't really need to do anything else that'd be a good a good way fantastic well mm-hmm. Tiffany thank you so much this thank has been you. wonderful and thank I you so much Scott I can honestly say having watched you uh, at work yesterday you you were spot on and. Uh, so congratulations yeah thank you so much and to everyone at TCM really. When you are a fan of TCM and then you meet the people behind it, you then realize the reason why TCM is so amazing is because everyone behind it is amazing. And they make wanting, they make working with everyone a dream. Like, really, it was a dream. That's great. That's great. Well, you can follow Tiffany on Twitter and also on Instagram at Familiar Face. How do you spell that? Familiar Face. F-I-L-M-I-I. Wait, I-L-I-A-R-F-A-C-E. Phil Miller face. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, please do follow uh, Tiffany on Instagram and Twitter. And thank you again so much for joining Great to be me here. for the TCM podcast. And thank you for listening to the TCM podcast. <laughs>